We talk about the dangers of cigarette smoking all the time, as well as the health risks. But just how bad are these risks? And what is the damage done by cigarette smoking? What about the cost of smoking? Is it expensive to deal with illness and to deal with job loss and all the other issues? Hi, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Primary Care Today. We have a very special guest with us. It's Jill Gonzalez. She's an analyst with Wallet Hub, and what she has done, along with those she works with, is come up with the real cost of smoking state by state. And I thought it would be an interesting program because we can look at cigarette smoking from a different way, the cost of smoking. So first of all, Jill, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I want to talk a little bit about it. First, the idea. I guess it's something that, you know, people are probably curious about for a lot of reasons. But who wants that information, the state-by-state information? Like, what sort of places does it go? Well, consumers themselves, I mean, as you said, I think that a lot of people know about the health dangers, the health costs when it comes to smoking. But if that's not making them quit, you got to look at this from another way. And when they hear how much they're spending on smoking in out-of-pocket costs, you know, just on the packs and taxes, which vastly differ from state to state, but also income loss. The average smoker makes about 8% less than a non-smoker. Healthcare costs per smoker, there's actually incentives for homeowners that come in the form of tax credits. So all of these different things that smokers aren't necessarily aware of. So the consumers want it, and I think that the states and the local officials want this information as well. So really, as a physician, if I'm working with my patients and trying to talk about cigarette smoking, and and I've gone through just about everything from heart disease to lung cancer, and I've hit these things over and over again, this might be another opportunity to kind of attack it from a different direction. Exactly. So we know that tobacco still accounts for about half a million deaths in the U.S. each year. We know it's the leading cause of lung cancer. But when you're telling that to a patient who doesn't see these effects or these perceived effects yet, and you put out some real numbers that they've already spent, they're X years old, or that they're going to be spending the average lifetime of a smoker just smoking is around 51 years if we assume that they start at the age of 18. So, you know, these are hard numbers that are only going to increase depending on where you live. So sometimes that's where they unfortunately need to see it. So where are the most expensive states for cigarette smoking and what are the least expensive ones? Well, there are certainly regional trends here. So it just happens that a lot of the southern states are also the most dependent on the tobacco industry, places like Kentucky, places like North Carolina. So because of that, smoking is going to be a lot cheaper in those states. Kentucky, when we're just looking on a yearly basis, of just the actual out-of-pocket costs, it's around $2,000 per year. Now, you add in financial opportunity loss, so say you're investing that money instead of spending it on cigarettes. You add in health care costs, income loss, other costs per smoker. That adds up to around $22,000 per year. So obviously, amplify that by about 51 years of smoking. That's over a million bucks. So that's obviously huge numbers for people. And that's just the most affordable place to be a smoker. On the flip side, a lot of northeastern states make it pretty costly. One, the cigarettes themselves cost more money. That's why cigarette smuggling over state lines is still very much a thing. And the taxes tacked on to those packs have really become expensive. In New York, it's almost going to cost you twice a pack with all the taxes that there are. 
So New York ranked 51st in terms of expenses. We did include D.C. here. That's why we've met 51. Over the course of a lifetime, that's over $2 million. Wow, that's dramatic. And and do people, I guess you don't realize it because it hits you a little bit every day. Exactly. It hits you a little bit every day. It, of course, it matters how much you're smoking, too. These are kind of moderate smokers that we're looking at here. And again, I think really depending on where you live, you don't realize that you're paying twice as much for a pack of cigarettes than a few states away. When you say twice as much, I haven't obviously I haven't bought, I don't smoke, so I haven't bought cigarettes. And frankly, I see people buying them, but I don't notice much. What What would a pack of cigarettes in Pennsylvania or New York be, for instance, for an East Coast city, if somebody just wanted to get a pack of cigarettes? The pack itself would probably be around 7 to $8. The taxes in New York are pretty hefty, almost at 40%. So you're paying probably around 10 bucks a pack at the end of the day. So it's not like it was even 5 to 10 years ago. I mean, things have really started to increase exponentially because they've seen that taxes can be effective. I mean, if you look at smoking rates, they're much higher in Kentucky and North Carolina where smoking is more affordable, where it's still a little bit more part of the culture there than in New York, a Massachusetts, a Connecticut that has very high taxation on cigarettes, more expensive packs, and lower smoking rates. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. My guest is Jill Gonzalez. We're talking about the cost of cigarette smoking. Really interesting concept. You know, right now we're seeing a big push to the legalization of marijuana. And, you know, the cynical side of me would say, oh, this is a great way for people to make money. Big business seems to be getting involved. I think states are chomping at the bit for the taxation. Yet we're introducing what could it be another issue for lung cancer and all the other issues associated with marijuana. And yet, it seems to be moving through pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's certainly a very different industry. We know that the industry itself has done well in marijuana in all forms, not just smoking and the edible industry, you know, all these things that Colorado itself has seen a huge boom. So I think other states kind of want in on that little economy boost. I don't think anyone has ever referred to tobacco, at least in modern times, as a a form of pain relief or some type of medical ways and uses. So I still think that it's certainly different, and I think that the industries are going to be different. Well, they have to market. You would think they have to market it from a different direction because if they just came and said, hey, we got another addictive substance for you that's going to make you high and also cause all the problems of cigarettes, it probably wouldn't go over well. So if you present there's some medical opportunity here, you, you you might get it through. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at it. They probably have the experience with cigarettes. They probably initially people didn't know about the damage from cigarettes, so there was there was no negativity or reason to sell it. They just said, "Hey, this is something that people we can make them more and more addicted to over time." Right, and and with the legalization of marijuana, I mean, we simply don't have big data from it since it's you know hasn't made legal been legal in too many places. There was a study in Oregon done that said there was no significant increase in tobacco smoking among teenagers after legalization. But again, I mean, I guess it's what question do you have to ask? Right, and we saw the same. We saw the same. Or what are the effects of the marijuana legalization? I guess it's two different things. Right. Well, it's it's a combined. I mean, as a physician, it's combined. One things I know, like for instance, vaping. They talked about. Oh, there's no problem. Well, now the studies with experience are showing that yeah, it is a gateway. Kids are smoking cigarettes as a result of vaping, and the studies are supporting that. But initially, they didn't have the studies. Much like with marijuana, I won't be surprised to find very much 
the same thing happen, and we'll be looking back 10 years ago and why why did we let the uh, genie out of the bottle? But that's another story for another another program. But for our program here, in talking about the cost of cigarettes, what about this? Now, it's a two-edged sword for the state. I mean, a state will say, hey, we can line our coffers with these smokers, but at the same time, we've got health care costs going through the roof as a result of smoking. What is the perspective of them using the information? I mean, do they want people to be aware that it's costing them so much so they'll stop? Or is this just informational purposes? Because I can see both sides of it. Again, from a pure standpoint, you'd like to think that your leadership in government would want to stop everybody from smoking. And that by making it seem more expensive, they're going to do that. But the other side of it is, wow, let's cash in. Right. And so Americans spend more than $300 billion on a lot of medical care. And that's not only are health care premiums being higher, but obviously any kind of tobacco-related illnesses. I will say that even when it comes to health care costs, even if, you're, if your health care premiums might not be as expensive in a Kentucky than, say, in a New York, but in a state like Kentucky where the smoking rates are a lot higher, you might not see as big of a difference between a smoker and a non-smoker, but that non-smoker will effectively be paying a little bit more to chip in for just the high rate of smoking within the state. So that's interesting, too, whereas in a state like New York, you probably see a much bigger premium increase for that smoker. So really, you've got the, for lack of a better term, innocent people who aren't smoking, they're not taking part in it, they've got to bolster the system much like if somebody's riding around on a motorcycle without a helmet saying, hey, it's my, it's a free country, I can do what I want, but when they get hurt, everybody else is paying for it. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think that non-smokers in some of these high-smoking states necessarily realize that, but that's exactly what's going on. Now, we only have about five minutes left. You're listening to Primary Care today on ReachMD. My guest is Jill Gonzalez, and we're talking about some really interesting stats. What are things I haven't asked you? Because there's just so much information, and it's fascinating. What haven't I thought about that are important things that our audience should know? The other question that when I've been talking about this study in particularly that we get more is e-cigarettes. You know, how should those be regulated? Should they be taxed as cigarettes? or a lot of people make the claim as medical devices because I think theoretically they're supposed to help curb smoking. So, you know, I would love your thoughts there. I know that we're certainly seeing that states are definitely handling that a little bit differently. Again, a lot of the high-tax states on cigarettes still have kind of started introducing those higher taxes on e-cigarettes as well. Yeah, what I've seen, in fact, we've done a couple programs on it. It's interesting. You have some guests who will say, this is really going to help people quit because it's better than smoking. But then there's others who say, well, you've got a bunch of people who are going to them first thinking they're safe, and now they're moving on to cigarettes. So I'm, if there is a benefit, we're seeing it, at least in my experience in the interviews, well, more my experience interviewing people who have done the studies, it sounds like that's balancing out. Like it, well, the benefit you might get is, is being outweighed by others kind of, again, using that term gateway, but getting into cigarettes. So it, it's an issue, especially with young people that you know, we're seeing that. So, again, I would think just like with casinos going around the country, with sports betting starting to grow, everybody's looking for ways to get money, and they'll probably tax this as well. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I would make the same argument. I don't think that there's been any studies that have actually shown that e-cigarettes do lead to smoking less. 
So I think until that can be proven, you know, they should be regulated, taxed, very similar, if not the exact same, as other types of tobacco products because at the end of the day, it's still nicotine and it's still kind of being used in the same way. Now, Jill, how did you get involved in this? Are you, as an analyst, uh, you're probably like crunching numbers and doing data. What, why was it about cigarette smoking that, that led you to be interested, or is it just one thing your company does? Yeah, I mean, it's we released this initially for Tobacco-Free Awareness Month. I think we did this, too, back in January when a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions and trying to stick to them. And this is just one way where people don't really look at the costs, literally, of what they're doing. So this is just another way to look at this. Hopefully, we help some people, you know, stick to their resolution for a little bit longer this year and just seeing these costs. I mean, if you think you can save money skipping Starbucks or going to Dunkin' Donuts instead, I mean, smoking is just so costly in, in more ways than one. I would even think just cutting back. I mean, if you're, if you're somebody who smokes two packs and you get it down to one or one pack to a half a pack, when you're talking, I mean, you're talking about $10, $20, that's significant money for anyone. I know I'm driving to work. If I notice that at the local uh, coffee shop you can get coffee for a dollar as opposed to a buck eighty, I'll drive where it's a dollar. I mean, most of us will do that. Exactly, yeah. So, again, even if it's not quitting altogether, cutting these costs in half, would still make a huge difference. I mean, we're talking about $25,000 a year in some states, almost fifty and some others, so huge losses here. Now, if people who are listening want to get more information, is there a website they can go to to get this information? Yes, to see where your state ranks, a little bit more as to why, a breakdown of the numbers, head to wallethub.com and look for this study. It's the real cost of smoking by state. If there was anything you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you, what would that point be? I think that we hit all of the salient points here, again, bringing up things that people might not know, even income loss per smoker, almost 10% over the course of a career. So all of these things, again, if you have any buddies that are trying to kick the habit, there are tons of different categories, not even just the cost alone, but a further breakdown there as well. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash Primary Care Today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. Jill Gonzalez, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Anytime. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. We'll talk to you next time on Primary Care Today.